Welcome to Clear the Clutter. My name is Margaret, and this podcast is where I give you practical and spiritual advice to get your time back so you can finally spend it how you really want. Hello, hello. Welcome to today's podcast. So today we are going to be talking about caring for your future self. And I've mentioned the future self in a couple of previous episodes, but when I was deciding on what topic I wanted to record today, um, there was a bunch of other things that came up and I wrote them down for future episodes. So don't worry, there's plenty of content coming in the future more consistently um, outside of my inconsistent um, dropping of the podcast if you've been listening from day one. But I kept coming back to between last night and this morning, I kept coming back to, wow, I'm actually able to have a really peaceful weekend in the midst of having a lot of things going on personally um, because I've cared for my future self. And the future self is not something that is a very common term um, if you're listening to me in the United States. Majority of the time when we are thinking, you know, we're thinking of our future self, but we never actually label our future self. So we never say, I'm caring for future Margaret. I'm caring for future Chewy or Holly or Demon or Angel. Those are my some of my babies that are laying down next to me sleeping while I record. Um, You know, we never talk about caring for future Ben, my husband, or whatever, you know, future mom or future this. We never think about it. We always think about those future goals as slightly a puritanical way to punish ourselves, but punish ourselves in a way of being better. My version of future care is planning and supporting and kind of being like a mom to your future self that you just don't know what that person needs yet because the future you is someone that has all of your previous experiences is going to have some different challenges that you'll never expect but it's also going to have some of the existing challenges that you just use you kind of are going through right now so you're like okay well cool if I'm talking about my future self and I'm going through the same issues I'm having now so what's the big deal about caring for that person well here's the thing in other cultures there's actual tenses in their language um I want to say Japan don't quote me on it but I want to say Japan is one of the cultures that has it built into their dialect of actually talking about their future self so for countries that have that as part of their dialect it's a lot easier to save because you're not saving for retirement and some you know 50 60 70 year old person that you can't like deeply connect with you're saving for your future self you at 50 60 70 how do you want to feel at 50 how do you want to feel at 60 how do you want to live at 70 and because it's part of the culture and caring a future self thinking a future self and making it real versus this fluffy imaginary thing that you just can't really get behind they have massively higher rates of saving and more appropriate rates of spending, and more appropriate rates of care. And there's just all these other things that if you don't have that context of thinking of your future self, it's really hard to associate even caring for your future self, because you have to first appreciate it, then understand it, and then you can care for it. So listening to that and reading about future selves and how other cultures consider and take care of their future self, I was like, okay, well, Let me see what I could do to care for my future self. And the place I'm in today, this happy, 
relatively flowy day I've had today on my day off where I got some stuff done, I got some bills paid, I got some paperwork done, I read a little, I'm now podcasting, all my chores, like, oh my god, I feel like such an adult right now, all my chores are gonna, no, basically they are, all my chores are done before seven o'clock, and I've got the entire evening to read, unwind, and just kind of self-care before I go back to work the next day. And the only reason why I'm able to do that is not because I'm gloating and not because I'm awesome. It's because of things I've put in place three and four and five and six months ago that led to that feeling and that ability to have a very flowy day today. So that's another thing when it comes to your future self. Well, let me, because I've already dived deep. I'm looking at the recorder and I'm about four minutes in, but let me define your future self. Let's start there. Your future self is the person that you will be in three, six, nine months, 12 months, two years, five years. Um, it is the person you are going to be, but it is the person that you're going to be that is fully supported or supported to the best of your ability. So it's not future self that is skinnier. It is not future self that is richer. It is not future self that is punished or um, ostracized or anything negative. It's future self that it has support system in place. It's future systems and future goals that make you better because you're calmer, because you're more consistent, because you have more breathing room, because you've cared for yourself enough to think, you know, past the week or maybe even past the month or maybe even past three months. You're like, you know, Future Margaret would like blah, da, 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 da. So how do we get there for her? You're doing this in a very kind and compassionate way so that when you become your future self, you can reap the rewards of being very kind to yourself. And that's probably going to be the biggest theme of this podcast overall for this episode is being kind to yourself. The entire premise of this only works if you're kind to yourself. There is no room for beating yourself up or negative talk or feeling bad or feeling guilty because that's not going to care for your future self. The entire point is you're almost kind of correcting the past. And to correct the past, you have to be really kind to yourself so that you your future self has the kindness that you would want in present day. So that is part of future care and caring for yourself is a lot of kindness. But when it comes to that, you know, again, I mentioned that the result of today happens four and five and six months ago. And it could even if I wanted to get really granular about it, it could even have you know, come from being a year ago because I started a year ago starting to focus on Sunday fun days or family Stevens fun day where on Sundays, you know, a year ago we stopped working. We weren't allowed to talk about work. We weren't allowed to do work. We weren't allowed to think about work um, within, you know, reason. We weren't allowed to schedule meetings or do this is or do that or, you know, catch up on tasks. It was just a day to take care of our family. It was supposed to be a day where you know, we did the, the things that people dream about, like, or at least we dreamed about, like getting up and going to breakfast with each other. Or it was the day of, you know, we get up and maybe we make a big old farmer's breakfast at home and then we spend the rest of the day watching movies. It wasn't a day to be running around. It wasn't a day to be working on the house. It wasn't a day to be stressed out. So when we started trying to do uh, Sunday fun days, as we call them, um, it was very awkward and sometimes we would be able to do it and most of the time we weren't 
and it was very hit or miss and then things would pop up or obligations would have to get met or deadlines, you know, didn't get finished. So we'd have to carry them over into the weekend and it took time. Hopefully you guys can't hear Chewy snoring, but one of my massives is like so dead asleep and he is snoring in the background. So again, I hope that the audio doesn't pick that up because he's adorable, but snoring on a podcast is probably not adorable. Um, but going back to the Sunday fun days. So Sundays were, it was the baby step practice of knowing that we are burnt out. We are constantly burnt out. That was our reality up as realistic as, I don't know, maybe three or four months ago. We were, we had the belief system that the only way that we could grow, the only way that we could be successful, the only way that we could get the things that we wanted was to work extremely hard. And yes, there is a component of working hard and having dedication and showing up and doing what you're saying you're going to do. But then that's where I've had that conversation with you guys in the past of that puritanical way that you have to damn near kill yourself to be successful. And that's not ultimately true. In reality, it is a matter of what is the things that are going to be moving you forward. That is what you need to focus on, not all the minutiae. So because we knew that and we were becoming more aware and I was tired of both of us being burnt out, never feeling like we had a chance to connect, never feeling like we had a chance to relax or spend time with each other as a family because my husband and I, as the recording of this podcast in 2019, we've been married for 10 years. So, you know, being married for 10 years, not having any human children, just fur babies, you would assume that we would have a lot of time on our plate to create all these awesome memories. But in reality, we just kept working and working and working. And we just kept getting burnt out, would spend a weekend sleeping. And then the other three weekends, we would work, 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 work. And it just wasn't moving us forward in life. So the Sunday fun days came. And that was a learning curve, learning how to say no to obligations, learning not to work, learning that it is okay not to work, because that was probably the hardest part is saying, hey, well, no, it's okay to not work. It's okay to pick things back up on the next physical work day. It's okay to take one full day off. And, you know, the world shouldn't fall apart if we do, because if it does, then we really mess something up. So the day started there. And then from that, it evolved. I started paying attention. Okay, well, what is interrupting our Sunday fun day? Um, you know, I wasn't thinking in the sense of my future self, but I was just thinking in the sense of if my goal is to have one day out of the week where I get to be very European, for lack of a better word, and we get to go out to breakfast or brunch, we get to spend time with the family, maybe we pick uh, you know, pick a movie and go look, you know, go watch it on a matinee or whatever, but very relaxing. If that is my intention and it keeps getting interrupted, just like the previous podcast on this, you know, that I was talking about, where is my time going? Because that is always probably my first, most likely that is my first question that I always ask when I have an intention and I'm not meeting it. It's like, okay, well, what is the obstacle that's getting way in the way of that intention? And again, to be more specific, what was the obstacle that was getting in the way of the Sunday fun day? And the obstacle that was getting in the way of Sunday fun day was a backlog of prior commitments. So it wasn't necessarily, you know, 
bad things. It wasn't necessarily poor planning. It was the fact that I kept thinking my future self, now that I have the context of time, I kept thinking that my future self wouldn't be busy, wouldn't have anything on her plate, would have all of this free time that of course she'd want to do this. And of course she'd be obligated to that. And of course she'd want to pick up that. And in reality, I just kept stacking my future self's schedules to the point where it took about six months of going through the backlog of obligations to clean all of that up. So let me give you even deeper context. So you're like, okay, well, that's cool. But what does that mean? So that would mean that instead of, here's a very good, good example. Instead of paying our bills once every two weeks, because that is the cycle I have used since we pretty much got married. We've always paid our bills on the first and we've always paid our bills on the 15th. And, you know, we pay because pretty much every time, every job we've had, we've always gotten paid uh, every two weeks. And for the most part, they fell on the first and the 15th. So I would pay all bills that on the first that were for the first 15 days of the month. So that, you know, on the second of the month, all the bills were paid. Um, even if they got paid early, it didn't matter because I didn't want to be paying something every single week or every single day. And then same concept for the second half of the month. And instead of keeping up with that system or even tweaking it, because at that point I needed to tweak it a little bit, um, instead of keeping up with that system, I was like, oh, well, I'll just get to that one next weekend. Oh, I'll make that phone call next weekend. Oh, I'll go ahead and pick three weekends from now to do all of my bookkeeping because doing a month of bookkeeping on a Sunday sounds amazing. <laughs> oh, let me go ahead and instead of taking the pictures right now and scanning them and putting them into my Evernote system because these are important documents I need to have as a reference, I'm going to put them in a pile and I'll scan them in the future. So all of these decisions, you can kind of hear the pattern. I'm making these decisions, but I'm making them so that my future self has to take care of them versus getting them out of the way now. Now, the difference in that, um, to dive deeper into that, the difference in caring for your future self is saying always, what can I get off my plate today so that I don't have to do it tomorrow versus the norm of our culture, which is, oh, what do I need to do today? And what do I need to do tomorrow? Oh, what can I obligate myself for tomorrow? And also making things very hard and very complicated. So I just kind of gave you an example of like our bills and documentations of how I keep things. Um, since we've been transitioning from one home to the next home, obviously there has been a lot of things that we've had to throw out and some of it was duplicate. Some of it was stuff that was bad and needed to go or had been well used and was, you know, ready to be retired. But a lot of it was also documentation and documentation because I didn't take the, you know, and I'm trying to be kind to myself in this sense, but to be honest at the same time, I didn't take the five minutes and or even 10 minutes and say, okay, I've paid all the bills for the month. Well, these are going to be the top 10 important documents that I know I'll probably have to reference in the past. Instead of thinking, hey, future self is not going to want to spend a weekday or a weeknight scanning piles and piles of documents, I should have just, because I do this now, I should have just stopped taking a picture through Evernote of all my receipts, put them in my 2019 receipt folder, label them, and move on. So that the task is truly completed. The task is truly done. I'm not taking this project of scanning my documents and punting it to the end of the year. And when I started thinking like that, because again, a lot of that thought process came from the, 
you know, the bigger thought of like, where is my time going? Why are my Sundays being interrupted? And my Sundays were being interrupted with, you know, kind of menial stuff. So menial stuff like scanning documents that I should have scanned when I paid the bill. Uh, menial stuff as in making multiple trips to the grocery store versus sitting down for 20 minutes or even maybe an hour and making a grocery plan for the entire week looking at my pantry, seeing what I had, seeing what we needed and going shopping and getting it done and over with menial things of not, you know, um, trying to think of a really a, a different example, uh, menial things as to putting too much on my plate for work. And then because I had so much on my plate for work and I didn't prioritize properly that it would spill over into my nights and my weekends, menial tasks in the sense that I would volunteer for things that I probably shouldn't be volunteering for because my plate was already full menial tasks in the sense that being a pretty big introvert, I didn't value solitude and quiet and downtime enough so that I could feel recharged because ironically, if you haven't figured this one out already, even though it should be common knowledge and I wish it was, when you are properly recharged, when you've had the option to have a good night's sleep, when you've had the option to kind of revitalize yourself, it's magical what you can accomplish at work the next day. Because your brain is firing on all its cylinders, you're not firing on half the cylinders because you got a great night's sleep the night before. So all of these things were things I didn't think about. And I just kept kicking it down the end of the road. Or I would start a course, you know, I'm, I was famous for this. I'm not anymore, which I'm very proud of that. But I was famous for getting an idea, seeing a course or a program that could help me execute that idea, and then getting all excited, figuring out how to pay for it, paying for the course, getting about halfway through, never implementing it, and then having the cycle start all over again, because I found another great idea, and I would find a course, and the same cycle went over and over again. So Instead of being able to enjoy my Sundays or maybe my Mondays or whatever my workday off was, instead of being able to enjoy that and spend time with my husband, spend time with my family, read a great book, go out to the movies, go out to lunch with a girlfriend or any of the things that are relaxing and very community driven, I was like, well, I've committed myself to finishing three courses because I'm way behind. I've committed myself to scanning piles and piles of documents because that's how I want to spend my weekend. I've committed myself to insert, 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 insert here. And none of that was moving me forward. So another theme of caring for your future self is moving forward in life. Is this going to bring me closer to that version of myself that I see and that I want? And most of the time, if you're not caring for your future self, it's not. And a lot of you might be thinking, well, that's really easy for you to say, but my world is very busy. And in reality, I want to say that I've lived a pretty busy and hectic life. Um, I've worked full time. I've been married since I was 19 years old. I worked in corporate America. I worked a traditional nine to five or eight to five. No, I'm sorry, nine to six or eight to five. And I went to school full time on campus and I was married and, 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 and. And I don't say all of that to be like, oh, I'm holier than thou. But I say that because I have been a person that stacked my every waking moment to the nth degree 
so much so that I would have probably like nervous breakdowns and like I would cry in the in the bathroom at work because I was so overwhelmed or I would cry on my way to class because I was so overwhelmed or I would be really snippy because I was so overwhelmed so I don't say that I don't say that you know caring for your future self is something that was easy for me to discover I'm saying it because it's the only thing that has kept me calm and sane as I've transitioned throughout multiple life stages right now, transitioned into my 30s, transitioned out of a business that we owned into something else, transitioned to a new environment, transitioned to a whole new reality, transition, transition, transition. And when you care for your future self, that means you also give your future self space. So don't worry. Um, I'll start to explain what space means and I will also get to the journal prompts at the end of the episode as always but start thinking in general as I dive deeper into the space part as I started bringing all of this up for you for me the kickoff was the Sunday fun days what has been popping up in your brain what is that you know what is something that you are like well you know, here's something that I could do to care for my future self. And as you think of that, you know, replace Sunday fun days with your version so that you can get the best bang for your your buck while listening to this podcast. Again, if you're in a safe space or a quiet space, say it out loud. If not, just think it really, really hard. Um, But let me walk you through now that you hopefully understand what what future self is and different context of future self let me start walking you through how to transition into caring for your future self okay so let's start learning how to care for your future self so like i just mentioned What is it that you are noticing that is popping up in your head over and over again as I talk about the future self or maybe as I talk about things that are stressing you out? So I'm going to continue on with the example of the Sunday fun days just so you have something tangible to listen to as I walk you through for caring for yourself. But again, if you have the option, go ahead and either say it out loud with me or maybe write it down or, you know, tell it to your friend or do whatever you need to do so that you are interacting in this podcast, even though you're not physically here with me. So Sunday fun days, I was noticing that I needed to have Sunday fun days because I wanted a full day, not just in this you know, a little hour here and there. I wanted a full day to reconnect with myself, reconnect with my family. And that was extremely important to me. I just didn't know how to get there. So started labeling it. So that's one of the things, label what it is that you want, say it out loud, ask for it loud and proud. I wanted a family Sunday fun day. And we started to try and implement it. Then we ran into obstacles. So that's the other part of this. As you have labeled it and you're starting to try and implement this, start looking at what obstacles you are running into. What things, you know, maybe even make a list because again, sometimes it's easy to physically see things um, versus just think about them. So if you are having your own version of a Sunday fun day and you're noticing that you have all of these things to do, write it down. What seems to be the common thing? Is it that you wait till Sundays all the time to pay your bills? Is it that you wait for Sundays to go ahead and do all your laundry? Is it that you are so exhausted during the week that you basically sleep away your Sunday fun day? 
what is it that is standing out to you that is taking up the time that you want to be spending with your family and it's being replaced by something you don't want to be doing. So if you can start identifying that, then we can move you forward. So once you've identified it, then I want you to go ahead and start not start booking yourself for just yourself on that day. So again, let's use the Sunday fun day example so it's concrete. So on Sundays, I made it a point over time that I was not allowed to book anything on a Sunday. Someone would ask for my help. Hey, I'm sorry, I'm busy. Someone would ask me to take on something else. Hey, I'm sorry, I'm busy. Someone would ask me to go run an event or do an event or participate in an event. Hey, I'm so sorry, but I'm already booked up. So I started having my default answer and Again, where it was appropriate, I would give them into insight. I would say, no, it's my, my Sunday fun day with my family. It's family time. We like to just spend the day together. Um, you know, so that's why I'm not going to be able to go to your event or run an event or this is or that. Sometimes it's not appropriate or it's just not proper for everyone and their brother to know every intimate detail of your life. So I would just say, hey, I appreciate the offer. I appreciate the invite, but I'm already, uh, I already have plans for the day. And I would leave it at that because, again, not everyone has to know all your intimate details in business. So once you start booking out your future self and you know, like, okay, Sundays, I'm not doing anything. It's time with the family day. Then and only then can you start chunking away at the things that are physically taking up your time in the meantime. So it's kind of like you're putting a stop on all future projects for that Sunday. You're not going to be doing things. You're not going to be running around. You're not going to be acting like a nut job. But now you have to actively clear the backlog is like how I think of it in my head. You have to actively clear the backlog of obligations you've put to yourself. So giving that example, I've already talked about the things that were holding me up on a Sunday. So maybe I stopped by then, probably about, I don't know, let's say November-ish. I had stopped booking up my Sundays. I had stopped volunteering my time. I have stopped over committing myself in the week to where I just had to physically fall in on a Sunday because there was no other time to do it. I had stopped doing that, but I was still doing laundry on Sundays. I was still paying all the bills on Sunday. I was still, you know, half-assedly grocery shopping on Sunday. I was still cleaning the house on Sunday. And so this whole idea of a Sunday fun day, and you know, even my husband kind of called me out on it, was if I'm supposed to be spending time with him, why am I waiting to do this, the laundry on Sunday? And it's, it, was, it wasn't the matter of doing laundries on Sunday. It was a matter of over committing myself. So technically, I could have either have done the laundry on Saturday or I could have done it on a Monday or maybe I could have done it on a random Thursday. It didn't necessarily matter when I was doing the laundry. It just meant I had to start shifting my routine so that Sunday was spent doing the things that were actually important to me. And again, I go back to you know, I needed to write it down. I needed to physically see where my time was going. So that is how I can tell you, you know, six months in the future, basically, that I was spending a crap ton of the time doing my laundry. Instead, over time, again, this is something when you care for your future self, you're doing this in baby steps. So over time, I started washing all of the pet stuff because it wasn't um, with our clothing. So I was able to wash all of the pet stuff separately. So I would do it during the week and I would do the two or three loads of laundry that I needed to for maybe dog beds or blankies or towels or any of that stuff. And I would do it during the week. 
and I would get that out of the way. And then maybe on a Friday night, I would go ahead and strip the beds. I would put fresh sheets on everything and I would take all of that laundry and I would put that into the washer. So again, it's broken up. And then maybe Saturday is when I would wash all of our physical clothing. So instead, what I had done in that seemingly simple and menial task, I've given you kind of like my answer as to how I broke things down so that I could care for that Sunday fun day. Instead of because again, in the past, I had expected that, oh, I'm going to have all day Sunday to do the laundry. So I would pile it all up. I would kick it down the proverbial path and I would do all of this on Sunday. So basically I was tied to the house. Yeah, maybe I could go out for a little bit, but then I would freak out because it's like, well, I have to be back home because the laundry is going to be done. And if I don't get all of the laundry done today, we're not going to have underwear for tomorrow, which never was true, but it was always the fear. So instead, I took the task that was overwhelming, that was taking up a lot of my time, and I broke it up during the week. Did it happen overnight? God, no. It took months of getting the routine and being conscious of it and going, wait, let me, oh, it's Wednesday. Let me start doing the pet stuff tonight. Let me do all of the pet stuff on Wednesday. Wait, it's Friday. Let me do all of the bedding on Friday. Wait, it's Saturday. Let me do all of our clothing because that's the only category that's left. You know, it took time to kind of build that new rhythm. But as I started doing that, I started having more time on Sunday. Didn't have all the time I wanted on Sunday. No, not yet, but I definitely had more time on Sunday. And if if you're thinking, wow, the more time sounds great, but I don't know what I would do with myself, listen to, I want to say it's the episode before this, it is learning how to sit still. Um, so I'll link it in the show notes, but listen to that episode if you're worried about not knowing how to spend your downtime, because that is got a lot of really great advice so that once you've cleared up your schedule and you have all this downtime, you don't just kind of waste it. Um, But laundry was probably one of my biggest culprits. Then from there, it was the bills. So again, in the past, and it's worked for pretty much eight out of the 10 years we've been married, I've always paid our bills on the 1st and the 15th. So I started looking at our bills and I'm like, okay, well, Pretty much it's the same set of bills every single set of weeks and months. Nothing outside of the physical amount really changes. Maybe you have to do a little extra paperwork during tax season. But other than that, relatively simple, right? So how can I make this even simpler? So what I did to make it even simpler was instead of logging into the 20 different provider accounts, logging into the physical credit card accounts or the water company or the electric company or the this company or the that company, instead of logging into all of those accounts, I went into our Chase Bank account and I set up everyone as a bill pay. So Instead of, and again, it sounds super simple, but it's deceivingly simple on purpose. So it would take me, let's say 30 to 45 minutes to go through 15 days worth of bills. Like who was, whoever was due um, money in that 15 time, 15 day time period. I would go in, I would double check the amount, make sure everything looked good. Then I would pay it. Well, Instead, what I started doing, because again, now I'm having to bust out my debit card or keep my debit card next to me, type it in every single time. Now I've got multiple people that I'm typing this into and multiple usernames and passwords I have to pull up, I have to click into, wait for them to load, yada, yada, yada. Instead, what I started doing is I started making sure that all of the bills were set to e-bill only. 
so that I could see them in my email all at one go versus having to open all these papers and make sure I'm looking at the right month and this is and that. I set everything to e-bill. So that was tremendously helpful because I wasn't freaking out or worrying about misplacing a physical bill because again, it was all in my email. So that made a huge difference. And then from there, I went into my bank account and I set everyone up as a bill payer. So I had done this in the past with a different bank account and it didn't matter that Chase had an easy way of doing it or my previous bank had an easy way of doing it. What mattered was I would go, I would double check according to the bill statement that, yep, that's the right amount. Cool, cool, cool. I'd look at all the people that I owed money to for that 15 day time period. And then I'd log into my bill pay, click, 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 type the numbers in, schedule, 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 schedule. And boom, I was done. And mind you, something that would, that process that I just talked about, it would take me, let's say, 30, 45 minutes maybe to go ahead and do that in the past because I would log into multiple accounts, wait for them to load, answer the dumb security questions, yada, yada, yada. So about 30, 45 minutes to do all of that. Setting everything up in bill pay so that I could see it all in one screen. I could set it all at one time. I can make sure that the amount was being charged appropriately because my bank was sending it, not some random account, you know, authorizing the charge because I've had it in the past where I've authorized a charge and maybe their system didn't update. So it would double ding me and yada, yada. So I don't have to worry about that because it, I don't have to worry about that because it's all set up in my bill pay. So the time difference was about 30 to 45 minutes to 10 minutes. And it was huge. And I'm like, wow, bills can be really easy. And from there, I was like, okay, well, what else with this bill process could be easy? And I had mentioned it earlier in this episode, taking a photo of the receipt right then and there of things that were important. So if I paid rent, instead of waiting and putting it on a pile and then taking the photo, nope, when I'm done with my bills, take a photo of all the receipts that are important, put them into Evernote, shred the receipt, move on. So now bills, instead of taking me an hour, hour and a half, they're taking me 20 minutes twice a month. Huge, huge difference. And then from there, I noticed that it was a lot easier to pay bills on a day where all of these buildings and businesses are open because sometimes you have to pay something in person or sometimes there's a charge that you have to call about, you know, the things that just life happens. And so instead of paying bills on a Sunday, I started paying the bills on a Monday. So if I had a question, if I needed to follow up on something, again, I wasn't punting it to the next day or punting it to the next week. I would call on that Monday and I would say, hey, okay, company X, I noticed that there is a discrepancy on my charge or a discrepancy on the bill, yada, yada, yada. I'd stay on hold. I'd do the thing. I'd get it over with, get it paid, and then take a picture of the receipt if necessary, and then moved on. I, I wasn't punting it to the next day. So I took laundry off my plate for Sundays. I took bill paying off my plate for Sundays. And then the next thing I noticed was, hmm, meal planning was something that I was letting get out of control and it was eating up my Sundays. And, you know, I would tell the husband, <laughs> poor Ben, I would tell Ben, hey, I can't spend time with you right now because I have to run to Walmart because I have to go grocery shopping because we have no food and we're going to die. Again, I would slightly dramatize things um, because it felt that important to me, but you get the drift. So again, baby steps. Over time, I started paying attention to and writing down in Evernote all of the recipes that were just like freaking amazing. And then, of course, over time, we would tweak them. But I ended up creating a folder called our, I want to say I call it the family cookbook. 
And in that folder is a bunch of our favorite recipes and step-by-step instructions with ingredient lists of, hey, this is how, you know, we make this amazing egg burger. Um, And this is the type of bread that we need because we've learned over time that, um, I think it's sourdough off the top of my head, a sourdough bread on uh, this, a handmade burger with the egg cooked on top and this cheese, that combo is just freaking amazing. So first step was to start gathering those recipes and putting them in one place that would be, would be really, really easy to reference. And then from there, I created, if you know anything about Evernote, I created what they called a tag and I called it this week. So I was able, it's like the equivalent of like taking a sticky note and putting it on, um, putting it in a book. It's a really quick way for you to say, okay, let me look at all my pink sticky notes that are sticking out of my book. The tab, if you don't, if you're not familiar with Evernote is the same concept. So if I was going to be cooking for the next week, I start rifling through some recipes and I say, hmm, that sounds good. Let me tag it for this week. And then that way, when I would go to the grocery store or something like that, if I was unsure, if I was missing an ingredient, I could click on the tag this week on my phone and I could look at all of the recipes and I could see all of the ingredients. And then if I was unsure, I could always technically buy that thing. And then that way I would come home with all of the ingredients. And then from there, over time, after I started paying attention to the recipes, I started creating meal plans. And I kind of dorkily obsessed with meal plans, but the entire purpose behind it was I had a good 20, let's say, recipes to pull from that I really enjoyed. And I was able to make a six-day meal plan. And I only did dinners because when we cook dinners in our household, it's always enough for lunch the next day. And then for the most part, breakfast is always a version of like eggs and toast, eggs and bacon, um, strudel because my husband's German, or like omelets or oatmeal. No, omelets, oatmeal, and farina because I'm Hispanic. So, you know, it's always a variation of that. So breakfast is kind of boring in our household, which is nice. So... Dinner killed two birds with one stone. Dinner took care of lunch the next day. And then outside of rotating different fruits because of the season, snacks were relatively easy too. So when I was able to pull from those recipes, I'd start making a meal plan and I started writing them down. And then right now, as of the time of this recording, I'm up to three weeks of meal plans. So I have a piece of paper and it's got six little stars on it and it represents six different meals. And I like to make it so that the protein is not the same. Like I'm not going to have chicken two days in a row because I noticed when we would do that in the past, we would get like chicken fatigue if that's a thing. So I would do normally poultry. uh, Let me not go crazy. I would do like chicken. I would do beef and then I would do fish, then chicken, then beef, then fish. I would kind of rotate my meats um, so that it wasn't the same thing every single night. And then from there, Once a meal plan kind of worked, we'd go through it a couple times, it'd work, I'd keep it. So my goal to care for my future, future self is that I have pretty much like a book of 20 different meal plans and that that can be the equivalent of, what's that, 4, 8, 12, 16, 20, what, 5 months, 4, 8, 12, 16, 20, yeah, 5 months. That's the equivalent of 5 months worth of meal planning that I don't have to think about because I have a variety of recipes and of course it doesn't mean I'm going to have a you know, five weeks worth of meal plans 
I'm not going to have like not repeat any of my recipes. That just sounds stressful, but it's not going to be the same thing every single week because that's just not how our family rolls. So caring for my future self was identifying a day that I wanted to take care of and I wanted to spend with my family that I wasn't spending with my family. It was taking the time to start taking and unwinding my obligations, taking things off of my plate, scheduling them to different days of the week. And then once I got to that point, again, that's what whole reason why I went on the meal plan rant. It was because it's like, okay, well, now that I've freed up time on my Sunday, I can spend time with my family. I can read, I can relax, I can sleep in, I can do all of these slow day type of things, which really feel luxurious and I'm very grateful for. What can I do to care for my future self? So future Maggie would love to have a book of 20 different meal, pan- meal plans to rifle through. So knowing that over time, I am building week by week a meal plan that just seems to really rock. And then when the re- they really rock, I keep it. And then I work on the next one. And then I work on the next one. Another thing that I've been doing for my future self is, and I talked about this, I want to say either in the last episode or the episode before that, was becoming my own bank because I wanted to quote unquote, have enough money that I could act as if it was like a credit card, even though it's a savings account. But, you know, I wanted to have it there so that when the vet bill for their yearly shots came up, I wasn't taking it and swiping it on a credit card. I was just taking the money and pulling it out of the bank and moving on because I had spent the year, again, I have six animals and half of them are huge. I mean, My smallest Mastiff is 120-something pounds. My largest one is about 150 pounds right now. Their vet bills are expensive. (laughs) My cats are the cheap ones, which I think is hilarious. But, like, knowing that, being a conscious person, being an adult about it, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to spend probably about $1,500-$1,600 a year in vet bills for everyone to take care of them, which I'm happy to pay. But instead of acting surprised, like, oh, it's time for the vet bill again. And oh my God, do I have enough credit on my credit card? And da 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 da. Instead of acting surprised, over time I have saved up so that maybe I could pay a portion of it with cash and then the rest on the credit card. And then it came to half of it in cash and then half on a credit card. Then it was three quarters in cash and then, another, you know, a quarter on the credit card. And then finally, this last vet time, I was able to pay the whole thing in cash. Mind you, the swiping hurt. But it was also a very proud moment because I had known this bill was coming. This bill is just part of reality. It'd be an oxymoronic thing to not think that this is going to happen. Let me care for my future self. Let me be kind to future Margaret and not assume that she's won the mega ball or the power ball or the whatever ball. And that she's a multi-billionaire and that, you know, the money's there sitting for her versus hoping she has the money in her future. So those are different examples of caring for your future self is being kind to yourself so that you're not always in reactive mode, you're in proactive mode. And again, that sounds super dorky, but again, coming from the IT world and coming from project management, that is how you were taught to think. And I think there's some value to it. So with that being said, let me go ahead and give you your journal prompts. Again, as I always say in every episode, if you 
want to go ahead and physically see them, go over to the blog at margaretstevens.co and you can see them there. But right now, answer out loud or if you want, uh, pause, grab a notebook and you can journal out as I ask them to you. So journal prompt the first one because I always go off bullets. I don't actually number them so that you can pick and choose. The first journal prompt for you is what is a bad habit or pattern that you want to get rid of? For me, it was having Sunday fun day. And then from there, it was acting as my own bank. So those are the two patterns I wanted to, or not being able to act as my own bank. So those were the two patterns that I didn't like in our life and I wanted to get rid of. Second journal prompt is why. What does changing this do for you? So answering those questions for you guys, Having a Sunday fun day meant that I could feel recharged, rejuvenated, and I could give my full self at work the following day. Being able to act as my own bank gives me the freedom of not having to put things on credit cards and also gives me security knowing that I've provided for my family. Journal prompt number three is, why is it important to care for your future self? So that's a good one. Why is it important to care for your future self? For me, that answer is I want to be kind to myself. I don't want to assume that I'm going to have endless amounts of time, endless amounts of energy, endless amounts of money just sitting there because I won the mega ball or the power ball <laughs> waiting for me to go ahead and do whatever it is I want to do. Instead, I want to guarantee that my future self has space, that my future self has money, my future self has time. Because again, with us, you know, things have changed. Where I am now in 2019 is nowhere I would have expected, you know, a year ago, two years ago, six years ago. So to think that you're going to do the same thing and be the same person year after year after year is kind of naive. So why not give that future person breathing room? So that's why it was important for me to care for my future self. I knew that out of my entire life, the one thing I could have always used more is more kindness and more breathing room. And then the last journal prompt for you is, does caring your future self include emergency plans too? Now, when I was writing out these journal prompts, I the emergency plan thing just kind of like light bulbed into my head. It's like, oh my God, it's always great to have you know, future self-care and caring for your future self and any aspect of that. It's always great to do it in the positive side, but what about the negative side? You know, and I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just trying to, again, be very kind to your future self. So that is a version of having a savings account where you have six months of income. And if that is really hard for you to do right now, oh my God, like, I could, I could cry just thinking about it. I so sympathize with you. I understand working really hard and not bringing home enough money or working really hard and not being paid what you feel you're worth. Like, trust me, I I've been there. I feel it. I, I know where you're coming from. Um, my only advice, because it's not a whole episode dedicated to that would be to either, you know, if you can pick up a second job or hopefully get a better paying job because those are the only two ways to get out of that spiral. Saving money and cutting costs does not get you out of that spiral. It just kind of stops the bleeding, but it doesn't stitch the wound closed. So I will make sure to talk about that in a future episode. But if you don't have enough money, and I, I'm so sorry, I'm trying not to cry, but like if you don't have enough money to put aside for an emergency plan, just know that like I'm trying to give you a hug because 
been there, done that. It sucks. Um, it won't always be like that, but in the meantime, it's just really shitty. So try and start thinking of your emergency plan. If you can try and put six months of income away, try and prepay your mortgage a couple months ahead of time. So you've got some breathing room, try and start learning how to either meal prep or meal plan just so that you don't always feel like you're going to run out of food. You know, my heart goes out to the people that in the U S had to go through the, uh, the furloughs when government didn't have enough money to go ahead or didn't sign, I think it was the bill or whatever it was, but sign something so that people could have, you know, go to work and have a paycheck and they had to be out of work for a couple of weeks. And you, you saw the horror stories of like, oh, this person has to go to the food bank or this person has to do this or this person has to do that because they didn't plan for like having their lives kind of changed. So that is where the emergency plan kicks in. You know, six months of savings is amazing. You know, even if you had a month of savings, that's a month that's better than nothing. Um, being a little bit ahead of your on your rent or on your mortgage is, again, breathing room. Because maybe shit hits the fan and you just need that extra month to get your shit together. Um, being able to have paid off credit cards. I'm not, and again, I've never said that I don't ever want to have a credit card. I just don't want to have debt on the credit card because again, I like the option. If like shit hits the fan, I have a resource that I can rely on. So when you're caring for your future self, when you're hugging your future self, just know that having an emergency plan and putting funds aside to help you is always a really good option just because you never know when you might need it. Um, so yeah, that is, <laughs> that is why I had that last question in the journal prompts of, you know, does caring for yourself include an emergency plan? Yes, we all need more Sunday fun days in our life, but we also need more savings accounts in our lives too. So thought all of that being said, and I almost cried on you guys and I didn't, so I'm super proud. But when I talk about, uh, when I talk about the episode of how to earn more money versus cutting costs, just trust me, just know that I will cry. So bust out the, t- the tissues then because I will cry and most likely you'll cry because I'm crying and we'll all get emotional and it'll all be okay. Um, but just know that all of the journal prompts and the kind of high overview of all of this is over at the blog, margaretstevens.co and co. And if you want, go ahead and click in the show notes and you can click on the podcast episode and you can look at everything there. I am so proud of you for thinking of your future self. I'm so proud of you of caring for your future self and being kind to your future self because I know that if you, if, you know, if and when that happens, your future self is going to be like, wow, thank you so much for caring about me too. So With that being said, I'm going to let everyone get back to their day and back to their lives. And I hope you have a great day. Bye. Have a burning question for me? Want that link I was talking about? Get access to all the resources and links that were mentioned in this episode and others over at margaretstevens.co. And if you haven't, don't forget to sign up for my VIP list where I share special bonuses, pre-launch coupon codes, and advice I don't share anywhere else. Thanks for listening.